Alberta politics. Our next guest wrote an article talking about how Alberta is no longer a one-party province for a very long time, decades, 40 years or so. It seemed that the Conservative Party in some shape or another had a stronghold on Alberta. And this latest election seems to show that maybe that foothold has slipped just a little bit. We're going to get into it right now with our guest, who's a political scientist at the University of Calgary, Doreen Barry. Doreen, thank you so much for making the time. Good to talk to you. Oh, you're welcome. So I'm trying to kind of take myself back into political mode as we were all paying such close attention during the election. Uh, and it really did seem like this was uh, this was an election where the NDP stood a chance. And that's not necessarily always been the case here in Alberta. So define a little bit, if you can, Doreen, the, the history when it comes to politics in Alberta and the strong relationship that we've had with a conservative party for a very long time. Well, you see, the trouble is that we've been electing a lot of people to the legislature who are conservatives of one under one name or the other uh, but they weren't always getting massive shares of the popular vote right Uh because our electoral system is such that you don't need a majority to win a seat like if there are three people running in a particular riding the person who gets the most votes won't necessarily get the majority of the votes. So you add those all up, and by the time the legislature is constructed, you might have a landslide in terms of the number of seats, but if you look at the share of the vote, it tells you a different story. Hmm. So I think it's misleading, has been misleading all along, about quite how conservative Albertans were. This most recent election, now going back to the one that stands within the you know most recent memory, it seemed like there was potentially going to be a shakeup. Is that surprising? Uh, no, it's not surprising given that the NDP did win an election in 2015. Mm-hmm. And then in 2019, when that those gains are all wiped out, everybody thought, okay, well, the natural governing party is back in the saddle. And this is the way it's going to be in the into the distant future, but that didn't happen because the NDP was very competitive, and in fact almost won the election. Mm-hmm. So Alberta has changed, and the composition of the population has changed. Young people are more um, progressive, and although they don't vote in the same numbers. Um, young people in the future are turning away from conservatism. Uh, you know, the number of millennials in, is the largest slice of the Alberta population at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's 23%. And then the uh, Gen Zers are on their heels, and they too are progressive. So the future doesn't look that bright for conservative parties in Alberta. But in any case, the current UCP party is fractured and there are internal problems that are going to be, uh, will have to be addressed by the Premier and it's not going to be an easy ride. So, I mean, obviously no one has a crystal ball here, and especially when it comes to Alberta politics, things can be pretty unpredictable uh, and uh, entertaining, as we've seen very recently. What do you anticipate that things are going to look like if we if we look forward to the road ahead for the UCP party, for example? What do they need to do to maintain the hold that they currently have on the province? Well, I mean, they have to address the 
issues that matter a lot to young people in particular. You know, older generations are not going to experience climate change in as young people are going to. So that is something that conservative parties, not just in Alberta, but even federally, have to take seriously. And if you think about it, young people haven't had a great time ever since the 1990s, you know, when there were severe cutbacks to various programs. Uh, young people have been the victims of that, and they haven't had, you know, if you think about the difference between baby boomers when they were growing up and entering the workforce, I mean, the whole world was their oyster. Mm. But nowadays, it's not that easy for uh, young people. And in terms of, you know, owning a home, it's a dream for a lot of them and will never become a reality. Conversely, on the other side, when we look at the opposition, the NDP party, for example, what do they need to do then to to maintain some sort of a grasp or to capture the attention of those younger voters for future elections? Well, they have to reach out to them. They have to consult them, you know, have a conference, have a panel, um, something to address the issues that they're concerned about, to actually consult with them Mm -hmm. and take seriously the kinds of things that they care about. I wonder, you know, when we were talking about this election, when it was happening, and of course, right after we got the results here on, on this station and on this show, we we talked to those voters that did vote for the UCP. Because let's be honest, and look, we're, she won, I'm giving her a chance. Danielle Smith did make a lot of missteps and a lot of very interesting comments during the campaign. And a lot of people said that they just felt that they identified themselves as a conservative. And that, that identity and that strong tie to it, think conservatism is still something that's very strong with those older generations when at what point do you find that that might be a threat to the party is it is it five years from now ten years from now well you know as young people uh, grow older they vote more Mm. right so they are going to make a difference but there are a lot of people in the conservative party who probably stayed home because this conservative party doesn't reflect their sort of conservatism, the progressive conservatism, which was much more middle of the road. We, I'm glad you, you put it like that, middle of the road, because there are still people that wish that there was another option. And there are, there are other options, but you talk about the ones that actually hold some sway, and it's the NDP and the UCP. Do you anticipate uh, another party, the Alberta Party, for example, getting some sort of um, leeway moving forward? Well, you see, I mean, the thing is that if some other party does become strong enough, in the past, it was the left that was split, right? As a result of that, the conservatives came up the middle. Uh, but the liberal collapse is actually a big contributing factor to the rise of the NDP. Mm-hmm because without that, they would be splitting the vote again. And then, you know, at one point, the Greens got about 5% of the vote. So there too, you know, if you had a split on the left, then the Conservatives would win, unless the Conservatives break up into two parties, uh, which is quite possible, because this was a sort of shotgun marriage just to keep the NDP out, and as a result of that, uh, there are the, these, there's a gulf between some of the, say, Take Back Alberta supporters mm-hmm. and the progressive conservatives in the party. So Danielle Smith is not going to have an easy run.
Well, Doreen, thank you so much for, for making the time this afternoon and uh, for the article that you wrote it's in the CBC. If anyone wants to check it out, Doreen's piece about Alberta being a one-party province no longer. Thanks so much again for the time. You're very welcome. Take care. Bye-bye. That's Doreen Berry, a political scientist at the University of Calgary. So do you agree? Do you think Alberta is no longer a one-party province?